If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnBest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm Alexa Von Tobel, your host of The Founders Project. This week, meet Chriselle Lim, co-founder of Bumo, the startup working to make parenting easier. Chriselle started her career off in the fashion world as a stylist. In 2011, she founded the Chriselle Factor and launched her YouTube channel, quickly garnering over 29 million views and becoming one of the top YouTube fashion experts. As a mom of two, Chriselle is shifting her entrepreneurial talents to the world of parenting with the launch of Bumo. Let's welcome Chriselle. Hi, Chriselle. Hi, Alexa. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So let's just dive right in. Tell us just a little bit about your inspiration for Bumo and what Bumo is in your own words. Sure. So Bumo started out of a problem that I was facing. So this was about five years ago when I had my first child, Chloe. And as a a businesswoman, I was like, you know, I got this. I could work from home. I could do this whole mom thing. So I quickly learned that when you're home, and you have your child with you, which we're all kind of doing that right now during quarantine, um, you quickly realize that it's very hard to be present at either or, whether it be work or whether it be being a present parent. So I was like, okay, not going to do this. Um, I am going to look into daycare. So I went into uh, looking into daycares, and I soon realized that the lack of options of parents that they have. And so I put her in early child care, and I felt this horrible immense amount of guilt that just came over me being, you know, separated from my child from long periods of hours just so I could get my work done. So I quickly looked into a solution and I couldn't find it, which was pretty much being co-located with my child, being able to continue to work, but also be a present parent. And there was really no option. Um, So that's when I had the idea of building something really just for myself and my friends who were actually going through the same problems, which was having, being co-located with your child um, while still being able to get your work done and not having to sacrifice one for the other. Uh, So Bumo essentially is bringing childcare to the workplace. Essentially, we are going into corporate buildings, corporate parks, law firms, um, you name it, wherever people, parents are working. Um, our very first location um, happens to be in a shopping center, West Coast Century City. They were really excited about the opportunity to be able to to offer this to their clients. So we're actually launching with a consumer-facing model, um, but our scale model is really to solve a problem in the marketplace where big companies can offer this to their employees um, for their for their employees where they can actually be co-located with their child um, while being able to work and still be able to be present as a parent. So we are first launching with Westfield, our consumer-facing model at a shopping center. Um, but soon after that, we are launching in a number of different corporate buildings and uh, law firms. 
Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? So just pretend that everybody listening could be a customer. Tell us what that looks like exactly. So I go to work, let's say I'm a lawyer. What does that mean for me when I show up at work? Sure. So let's say that you are working at a law firm. So you drive to work with your child, uh, dependent on the company and the build, build out. It could either be on the same floor. It could be the building across. Uh, we really highly suggest parents to be able to be co-located in the same building. So let's say that you go to work, drop off your child, um, and then you go to your own section into your, your own corner and you get your work done. And within, let's say, two hours, you want to do a little check-in. You could come on by and do a little mommy and me class um, for 30 minutes, hop on back over to get your work done. Maybe it's lunchtime. You want to do lunch with your kids. So you hop on over to do lunch with your child and then you hop on back over to get your work done. So really what is happening is we are integrating childcare into work now versus it being separated. And I think for someone like myself and so many parents, we were conditioned to believe that you could have either one or the other and you can't really have both. So our whole model is really being able to integrate your family life with your work. And it is possible as long as there's a system in place to support parents to do so. Um, It's just amazing that this is your idea in a world where COVID has been a reality, where we are all essentially doing that right now, but without any infrastructure, right? So just tell us a little bit about how you think COVID could be accelerating Bumo's strategy and opportunity. Yeah, it's funny because my co-founder, Joan, she's actually an incredible educator and she's handling the education side of our business. We were kind of laughing at the fact that this whole new reality for us with parents working from home now with their kids, it's almost like a beta test for Bumo of, okay, let's let's see how this actually can work. Why don't you guys all work from home with your kids and see how how much work you can get done? And so we were just saying how it's, it's silly with the timing. Of course, with the whole timing of things, the pushback of our first uh, location launch has been pushed back a few months. But I think just in general, we've really been able to use this opportunity to build a community and to kind of really focus on what we believe in and why we first started it with, you know, working from home and being co-located, but also really being able to dial into your work, but also um, still be a present parent. And so having the option to do both. I want to hear a little bit about what does the class schedule or content um, or infrastructure look like? And, you know, as you set up your first location, how are you thinking about what ages are best for Bumo? I mean, I think you're going to have a tremendous audience that say, hey, yeah, if I can pop in for lunch and say hi to my children and at certain ages, they can be closer to me. um, That's going to be, I think, a huge win. And your, your entire thesis is that you think millennials uh, want to both work and parent, and uh, that the sort of tides have turned how we think about work-life balance and parenting and balance around it. And and I do fully agree with your thesis that they're going to come closer and closer together. How do you how do you think about what programming looks like or what ages are best for Bumo? Sure. So the age group is um, we're going to continue to grow up, but with our very first location, we're focused on newborn to five years old. Because after five, um, then usually they're going into more traditional schooling into kindergarten. Um, so our very first age group that we are targeting right now is for the new parent 
anywhere from newborn zero to five years old. And my co-founder, Joan, um, she is she is an incredible educator. She has built an Inc. 5000 education company. And the programming, she is really just focused on um, not just because because what we see out there right now currently, there's a lot of different options of, okay, you know, we can watch your kids, but we want to take it a step further. If we're going to watch your kids, let's really educate them at a young age. I mean, you know, you could only teach a, a zero-year-old or like a one-year-old so much, but really kind of showing them the ropes of, you know, from early STEM learning, whether it be, um, you know, um, uh, we have different programming for each age group. And so we're really excited about what we're going to be releasing. And currently right now with COVID, we're actually releasing um, something called virtual learning camps where you could actually get a little taste of that. It's more for the three to five-year-olds, but the programming is something that we're very, very proud of and that um, actually stands apart from any of our competitors out there. That's great. That's wonderful. You are a serial entrepreneur and you are extremely early as a YouTube entrepreneur, again, garnering almost 30 million active regular viewers. Tell us a little bit about that and just how you get to kind of harness all of that strength from your past as you launch Bumo. Sure. So I started um, on YouTube and my blog when I was in college about 12 years ago. And it was really just to document kind of what I love, my inspiration, and it soon turned into something much more than what I could have ever imagined. And I, I was really in the forefront of this whole industry just getting started, digital social media. And what has been incredible through this whole process is I've not only learned how to create content, meaningful content, but I've also learned how to really just garner and grow a community and turn that community and have build their trust and learn how to monetize that community. Um, for example, I've launched um, a collection, a clothing collection, a capsule collection with Nordstrom, which sold out within the first 48 hours alongside with my one-of-a-kind um, Barbie with Mattel that also did the same thing. And these whole, all of these opportunities has led me up to really learning kind of the things that I needed to do in order to grow a successful business. And for me, it's all about the three C's, which is content, community, and commerce. And that is kind of what ties um, tied my uh, current business with uh, content, but now my new business with Bumo, that's kind of the three pillars that we're really focused on. And um, I think, although it seems very separate, fashion and beauty content, and then now parenting, um, it seems quite different. But I think the core of it is really all the same, which is the messaging. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, tell us a little bit of your thesis on if you were going to tomorrow start another audience again, you know, you've garnered, you know, 30 million views. That's a, a massive amount of people um, that became your active followers. Can you help us understand, like, what were, what were your hacks? What do you think helped you develop an audience better than others? I think there's a few things, but I think for me, it was really about the content at the end of the day. So many people are like, well, I want more followers. How do I gain a bigger audience? The audience will come if the content's good. And I know that seems very obvious, but if you see all the content that are out there, that is out there right now, um, 
you have to remember when you're putting something out there, you're actually, someone is taking, you know, whether it be 30 seconds or one minute out of their day to watch your content. And for me, I always want to have them walk away with something, either one, they could be entertained, two, they have to learn something. So I always, that's how I kind of created my whole business is that if someone is watching my piece of content, whether it be on YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is, I need them to walk away with something. And so that is my number one tip. And another tip that I've actually used throughout my 10 years of building my my content business is collaboration. And you also hear that quite a bit. But I built my audience through um, collaborating with many other brands and people and leveraging their audience and speaking to them. Um, and so that is something that I still currently do and something that Bumo also does as well to grow our existing audience. That's so wonderful. And in fact, one of the things that I think is pretty special about you is that you really do create an incredibly honest and a rabid following because you talk directly to them. I mean, I'm on Instagram, you have 1.2 million followers. You really do bring incredibly high quality content to your community. I want to just transition a little bit about uh, Bumo and how you're thinking about building the business, how you're thinking about raising the capital to get it up and running, how you think about milestones, just for, you know, the hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast, I want to make sure that they're learning from you on how do you think about standing up that business and what are the things that you care about? Gosh, it was challenging and it's still challenging, but I think it gets easier just because you've become smarter and you learn from your mistakes in the past. And so for myself as a female founder um, to a new startup, you know, raising capital was one of the most challenging things that I've had to do, but, you know, we successfully closed our round and it was something that I've never done before. I, I was not confident in doing, but I kept at it and I kept getting better. And I think, I think the key thing is, for me at least, um, you know, when we got our first like 100 rejections, um, we didn't just take those rejections. Like we went back and we we tried to break it down and why, you know, people rejected us and, you know, what was the reason behind it. And we tried to pivot every time um, and make it better and better. I mean, if you saw our business model when we, what we first um, presented to these investors, it, it it's completely different to where it is now. And I think you have to be flexible. Of course, you know, for me, my main mission is the same mission, the same goal, but as a, a new founder to a new business, you have to be flexible and willing to change, even though it's hard. Um, and I think that was my biggest learning in this whole kind of raising capital um, uh, part of my, our business. And also, you know, the first six months, we, we didn't raise a dollar. It was really challenging for us, and we didn't understand why. So we asked everyone around us that would offer advice. And even if investors rejected us, we went back and we said, okay, can you please tell us why? Like, what are the top three things that, that were like red flags to you? So we weren't, we weren't shy about going back and asking why they rejected us. Um, and then another thing is, because we couldn't raise capital in the beginning, like we got really, really creative. And so I built this army of women that believed in me. Um, they knew 
just my work ethic and what I've done in the past. Um, and so I built this kind of tribe of women who are now investors and also advisors, such as Jessica Alba, Rebecca Minkoff, Ali Webb. And so having these names not only validated my business, but also gave me a boost of confidence. Um, so we had to get creative in that way. And then another thing that we did was we went to Westfield. Um, we have someone named Chloe Colacaro on our team um, who used to be the um, uh, the VP of leasing of Caruso Group. And so she's on our team and she made this incredible introduction to Westfield. And so we pretty much told them we, we don't have money, but this is our vision. This is what we want to do. And they were so jazzed about it, so excited about it. They pretty much are paying us to build out the the lo- our very first location. So we had to pivot our business and our pitch in ways that we would have never imagined to do in the beginning, but it got us to where we are today. And, you know, it was such a, a testament to kind of our character, um, you know, how strong we were, our, our willingness to just kind of push on and think outside of the box. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on for starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite, providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suites helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. What drives you? What do you? Where do you think that, that passion to continue to innovate and build, where is it coming from? I think for me, the most exciting thing is building. And I know that sounds strange because actually a few investors that I've met, a few people, they're like, why are you starting over? You know, like you have this great life and you got to where you've always wanted to be. Like my dream was always to be in fashion and to always do what I'm doing currently. But I think it's okay for your dreams to change because you change and you evolve as a person. And I definitely have after becoming a mother, my dreams, my aspiration and goals are just different. And as of now, for me, this is a problem that has consumed me that I've not only faced myself, but thousands and millions of other parents are facing um, as well. So I think the drive for me is one to build something that will really help other people that will really revolutionize um, how parents parent and work. And so yeah, I think it, it's just, I'm just a natural born builder. I love building because once you get to where you want to be, you, I can realize that I need to be building something. Yeah. I, by the way, I, I so appreciate that because I have such a similar bug, which is um, the, yeah, literally we called the firm inspired capital because it was about <laughs> just the like inspiration you feel as you're building businesses. Uh, it fuels, it fuels so much creativity um, so I, I get that and I appreciate it. And it's kind of a, a truly a, for, for the love of the game, uh, attitude. Um, and I think that's the, the dream, right? Like, uh, just to add in here, a lot of people think that the dream is once you make it, or once you get to a certain point in your, your business. But I think the dream is just being able to get up every morning and 
build what you've always wanted to build and actually doing what you've always wanted to do. And for me, that's the dream. I, I, I so appreciate that. Um, I want to learn from you um, and, and everybody else will too. What is the hardest thing you've had to overcome as an entrepreneur and like a time that really leveled you and how did you actually get back up from it? I think the most challenging part as an entrepreneur, I would have to say that I've recently faced is, you know, breaking out of what people think of you. Um, you know, people all have always viewed me as a content creator, um, which is who I've always been and who I still am. I love creating content. Um, so when I announced that I was starting a new business and it was a very different type of business, it was almost, um, you know, not that people were doubting me, but they were just questioning my abilities at that point. So I think that was the hardest part of, you know, really just going out there and not really buying into what other people think of you. And then once you get, to, once you bypass, you know, what other people think of you, then it's a matter of, okay, how do I become better? And for me, again, I've never raised capital. I've never talked business terms before. I, I, I'm definitely more on the creative side. And so just getting in there and learning and being a student again, and just it's really humbling because you have to start from, you know, ground zero and you have to realize that you're in a totally different industry and you have, you have to work up to it. And so I think that was the most challenging part. I, I mean, I, I, I so get that. And I think that your kind of commitment and hunger for, um, you know, there, I, I always joke, I always just tried to say you have to take everything one day at a time because building, um, building businesses is human, which brings me to my next question, which is so much of what you have done as an entrepreneur is about being really human and really authentic. Just tell us what you've learned about being an authentic founder. And, you know, I hear you on the, whenever you give time and energy to your community, you're very clear that you need to be bringing them value. But how do you think about being an authentic founder, especially knowing that you're transitioning to doing something so, so important, which is taking over, you know, taking care of people's children? So how do you think about that? I think authenticity is really, really key, whether you're in the content business or whether you are a founder to a startup, because at the end of the day, we're talking to people and people are going to be trusting you with their money, with their families, with their kids. So I think, you know, just being a real person is one of my number one things when I create content, whether it's for Bumo or for myself. Um, you know, I'm not perfect. I have my flaws. Um, but I think always showing people that you are real and you're always striving to become better and your best. Um, when you do make mistakes, don't be afraid to apologize. And yeah, like nothing is perfect. And, you know, it's funny when I first started in fashion, my content was completely different. It was all about production and perfection. But now after becoming a mom, it's, it's, quite the opposite like this is real life and I want to show that because you want to normalize also what people see on the internet and make sure that they feel you know seen and appreciated and normal so I think authenticity is key I think talking to people like they're human even though you're speaking to you're typing into the internet or you're talking to the phone whatever that is but I think you have to hone down on your voice and making sure that it's authentic. 
I, I so appreciate that. Tell me a little bit about knowing that you're a mother and you're a wife and you're an influencer and you're a founder. Um, and I, I, I specifically often don't ask this question, but I would love to know it from you because I think you have found a way to do so many parts of your life really well. Just what are your tricks? Like, what are the things that make and keep Chrisel on the track? What are the things that you swear by in terms of sanity? Um, and, and then I'll specifically ask you your, your tips for, for COVID life. Um, but just in general, so pre-COVID <laughs> life, um, what are the things that provided you tons of sanity? I think one is working out. I mean, that is my number one thing that I do every single day, like I have to get a sweat. And even if it's 10 minutes, I have to start my day sweating because that is how I stay creative. That's where I get a lot of my ideas from. Um, and it just starts, I, and naturally I'm not a morning person. So if I jump on my bike or if I go out for a run, whatever that looks like, um, I just become energetic and much more pleasant in the morning to my family. So that is my number one thing is I have to get a sweat in first thing in the morning and another thing is I, I'm always just listening and learning. So though I don't have much time to read books anymore, um, I am always listening to podcasts. I actually discovered your podcast, Alexa, from um, Ali, I believe. And so I'm just always listening to podcasts, learning from other founders, learning from their stories and their mistakes. And so that, that also energizes me and inspires me and motivates me. So I think sweating and just learning and listening. I, I so appreciate that. I'm a, as I think the sweating is also pretty critical um, because we are living in such vital and uh, I would say unique COVID times um, and people probably vitally need to hear your tips. Um, what are your, your current uh, work-life balance? Just how are you making this work knowing that you're working from home um, uh, with a full house? How's that going? And, and what, do, what are you doing to stay sane? Oh, gosh. So it, it's challenging. I mean, it's challenging <laughs> for all of us, especially parents with kids and trying to work. And I actually read this somewhere. I forgot where I read it from, but it really like it, it really struck a bell because a lot of people are saying, oh, you're working from home. But no, you're not working from home. You're working at home during a pandemic. Um, you are sorry. You are at home during a pandemic working. So if you just kind of view it in that way, there really is the amount of productivity and the amount of things that you're expected to get done for work. Um, it, it's completely different now. So you have to change your expectations. The first two weeks into quarantine, I did not change my expectation of my output. So I was becoming so incredibly frustrated because I, I was just not able to get everything done that I'm used to. And then so my third weekend, I was like, okay, this is not good for my mental health. So um, I switched my kind of like gears and I decided that I needed to kind of lower my expectations on the amount of output that I'm putting out for work. And so one, I think it's changing your mindset and your expectations. If you are working for a company, letting your employer know that it's, you have your kids at home and things are going to be a lot more difficult for you. Uh, so having that open conversation and and two is I, because I'm tied to my phone a lot um, for work, I just let my kids know. My oldest is five years old, so she is very aware when mommy's on her phone and when mommy's working. So I had an open conversation with her going into this, like, hey, Chloe, look, mommy's going to be 
a lot more on her phone during this time because I am working. I'm not just doing this for fun. And it's not because I don't want to play with you or not give you the attention, but we will have our family time at four to six o'clock. And that is a time that I won't use my phone. And so we try to still add some sort of boundaries and have communication with our kids to let them know that even though we're with them all day long, um, it does not mean that we can't be on our phone. So just letting them know the, the new normal and the expectations for that. Chriselle, I think that is such a good point. And just again, for all the other entrepreneurs out there listening and building your company and standing it up but with your, your kids, I, I think that's a great distinction. So I want to repeat two things we are not working at home, right? And typical work at home environment would mean a closed door, your own office, not following the news, not on quarantine, not following <laughs> the pandemic, um, not having most people in your life pretty stressed out and anxious. So actually working at home is different. Uh, I think that's a really wonderful point. Um, and, and then secondly, I think you're right, which is actually having really clear conversations with our children, especially the ones that are old enough to really understand it, um, that this is not normal. We won't always be attached to our phones and, you know, creating those boundaries. Um, I, I think that's uh, good tips. And for full disclosure, I was on like a major video interview earlier today as like my two-year-old ran in the room fully naked. And like <laughs> first instinct was actually just to include him in the video. Cause I was just like, this is, I was like, we all need like the levity from like little naked kids running around and uh, I think that in, in this COVID life, we need it. Um, I want to end just on a few quick fire rounds of things that I think everyone will appreciate it now that you are full-blown, officially a serial entrepreneur. What was your biggest pinch me moment to date in all of the things that you've done in your career? I think when I got a call from Mattel and they asked me if they could create a Chriselle and Barbie, and that was a dream come true as I grew up playing with Barbies, but also playing with Barbies that I never could identify with because I'm Asian and all of my Barbies had beautiful blue eyes and blonde hair. And that's something that I've always aspired to look like just because I couldn't, I couldn't relate and I wanted to look like my Barbie. So when I got the opportunity and the call from Mattel to create my own Barbie as Chriselle Lim, as the Asian Barbie. I think more than the bragging factor, even though that was pretty awesome too, I think it was just knowing that kids that look like me um, could have a Barbie that they can identify with. And I think that was such a big, big moment for myself and my community. I love that. And I so appreciate, uh, I can only imagine that was a pretty cool moment. Um, I want to quickly ask, when you're building out the BUMO team, what's your favorite uh, interview question? What's the one that you feel like really gets to the heart of who somebody is? Well, first of all, we are a very lean and mean team, and we plan to keep it that way for as long as we can and stay scrappy. And I think the question really is the willingness to do things outside of what they are currently assigned to do. I think because we are a startup, like we have to know that they are flexible. And, you know, if we ask them to do something that they're usually not used to, that they are happy to do so. I think currently that is our, like our core team that is the most important, which is flexibility. Of course, they have to have this skill that we're actually looking for for the position. But I think flexibility in a startup 
um, and willing to kind of roll up their sleeves, that is the most important. Um, and then, of course, once we get started into hiring for educators, that will look a little different just because, you know, our main focus is education and childcare. But currently right now, that is what we're focused on and what Got we it. look for. Got it. That's wonderful. And then um, what is one startup that you know about that you feel like if you wanted to pay it forward um, to go just tell us about so it can be an early company, it can be as early as you want, um, but just as another company that you swear by or you love or you're really excited for that is not Bumo? I have to say Blue Land, um, Sarah Poggi's company. Um, and they are, first of all, I am a huge fan of Sarah. She's helped me quite a bit, um, and teaching me kind of like the, the beginning works of startup life. And I've asked her so many questions about fundraising and all of that. So, and the product that she's built and is quite incredible. It's pretty much eliminating, um, cleaning, um, products and having, using a one, uh, one tap instead and just filling it up with water so pretty much you only buy one forever bottle and then from there you just have to buy a little tap which is I think like two three dollars and you are eliminating so much waste out there in the world and I think one it's a really cool concept but two it's doing um you know a really great job just eliminating waste I love Blue Land. So basically you buy you buy a glass bottle, you get tablets for soap, you drop the tablets in, fill them with water, and there you go. And it's far better for the environment. Um, and also, I think we've never been more focused on washing our hands than we are now. Um, so that's a wonderful one. Um, well, Chrisel, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you're an inspiring woman, wife, mother, founder, entrepreneur, fashion guru um so everybody out there uh if you want to learn more please check out bumo and chriselle thank you so much for joining us today on the founders project with alexa von Topol. thank you alexa you're inspiration i'm so excited to, to be able to finally chat with you